0: Life, Her, Life, Podcast. Hey, Her is me, her is you. Her is us, her is she, her is we. United, we. Hi everyone, I am given Lloyd, host of Life Heard Podcast. We have an amazing guest on here today, and I'm like extremely excited about this really dope conversation. And it's so informative and it's so needed because it is something that we go through on a daily basis. I have Dr. Littman here with us. He's the founder and medical director of an Atlanta Fibroid Center. And the things that he's getting ready to share with us, I'm sure you're going to want to know more. So, hey, doctor, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, Thank you. I really appreciate you and all that you do and just keep us informed
1: and so much. Well, it's great. I'm, I'm happy to be here and talk about my passion, which is helping women avoid unnecessary surgery for fibroids, uterine fibroids.
0: Yes. Now, I see one of the things that you have as far as fibroids and everything is that 25% of African American women, the primary users of relaxers and develop fibroids, and compared to about 6% of white women.
1: Well, fibroids in general are much more common in African American women, and there are multiple reasons why this is. Genetically, it runs stronger in African-American families. We don't know where fibroids come from, but once they arrive on the scene, they grow with estrogen. And so estrogen is stored and produced in body fat and African-American women have more body fat than other racial groups. And if you look at body fat distribution and fibroid incidence, African-American women are at the top in both and Asian women are the lowest in both. Now, so there are multiple reasons. Again, the relaxers, if you look at that, the hair relaxers, and it's not as much of an issue as it used to be. Women are wearing their hair more natural these days, but back in the day, if you look at the actual chemical composition of these hair relaxers, the main ingredient, these phthalates are almost identical to estrogen. So you're at, anytime you're adding estrogen, whether it's through body fat or hair relaxers or poor eating choices. Uh, there are some hormone rich foods, red meat, non-organic chicken, dairy. However, you're getting this extra estrogen is going to stimulate fibroids to grow and it's going to put you at risk of having significant symptoms from these fibroids.
0: Wow. So it's basically whatever the chemicals they use in the relaxers, it just affects women as they continue to use it over the years.
1: Yeah, I mean, the scalp is very vascular and you're using these these relaxers basically going right into the bloodstream and you're getting this extra estrogen. Estrogen stimulates fibroids to grow. That's why they often grow very rapidly when a woman is pregnant and why they tend not to be an issue for most women once they're in menopause.
0: Wow. You know, years ago, I have been without a perm, I could say about maybe 16 years now, But when I was getting a perm, what made me stop was I started to get dents in my head and I didn't know, like, why am I getting these dents in my head? Like they were like literally all over. And one of them was just so deep, like literally at the top of my head. And I was like, maybe I should stop doing perms. And since I had stopped, my head is back to normal and everything, but it it scared me. And I don't know why I thought of perms, but I just completely stopped getting them after that.
1: Well, they say the relaxers not only increase your risk for fibroids, there's also now increased risk for breast cancer and some of these estrogen dominant cancers. And so that's it's a big issue. Uh, But to say, fortunately, These days, more women are wearing their hair naturally, so it's less of an issue.
0: Wow. So how would a woman know that she has fibroids and what should she do once she discover some sort of pain or whatever she experienced on when to actually come to you?
1: Well, fibroids are the most common pelvic tumor seen in women. It is estimated that 80% of African-American women have these benign tumors. And so it it is a big deal in all women, but particularly African-American women. Now, not all women have symptoms. So if you have no symptoms, if the fibroids aren't doing anything in general, there's no treatment needed. We call those fibroids passenger fibroids. They just kind of ride along in a woman's uterus. They don't bother her. She doesn't have to bother them. But for a lot of women, they do cause symptoms. And sometimes the symptoms are very severe. It's the most common reason why women have heavy periods. Um, So if you have heavy periods, that's often the first clue that you might have fibroids as the problem. Sometimes women bleed heavily for so long, they don't realize that it's not normal to do that. And they may even ask their mom, you know, for guidance on this question and Her mom had fibroids and was a heavy bleeder and she didn't recognize that it was abnormal. So sometimes patients will come into the office with really heavy periods, not realizing that that's not normal. So if you're changing pads more frequently than every three hours or so, or if you have to change multiple pads at a time or you get episodes of blood gushing out or flooding or large clots, changing multiple pads at a time, having accidents in blood. All of those things are abnormal no matter how long you've been doing it. So that's the most common reason why women present. But they're also pain and bulk related symptoms. So these tumors are hard and firm. They're like rocks and they press on things. And so if they press on the bladder, it will make a woman have to go to the bathroom more frequently than normal because her bladder is being compressed by this rock like fibroid. And so it doesn't fill to its normal capacity. So she has to go more frequently. She might wake up multiple times a night. Fibroids can press on pelvic nerves to cause pain throughout the abdomen. Pelvis can even cause sciatica, that pain that most people associate with throwing out your low back. You get this pain down the leg on one side or the other. That can be caused by fibroids. And then there are some unusual symptoms that we see also. If the fibroids are in the back of the uterus, they can press on the colon and cause chronic constipation. Or if they're down by the cervix, they can cause painful intercourse. So there are multiple symptoms that could present. And we often see women that have all of these symptoms.
0: Wow. That's a, that's a lot to unpack because, say, a year go by or so, do you feel like women should get a checkup, like yearly or every so often, for them to not even have, sometimes not have symptoms?
1: Well, it's, I think it's very important for women to get routine checkups with their doctor, whether it's the gynecologists most commonly, or some primary care physicians will do routine gynecologic care. That's really important, no matter, we're talking about fibroids today, but just in general, it's important to have checkups regularly and make sure that you get the appropriate screens that depending on their age and family history. So hopefully women are doing that and getting their routine checks. And these can be detected on physical exam because as I say, these tumors are hard and firm. They're like rocks. They will enlarge a woman's uterus just like a pregnancy will. So on physical exam, the the gynecologist or physician can detect the fact that the uterus is enlarged and they can feel kind of the lumpiness of these fibroids in the uterus. Wow.
0: So what... How did this become a passion of yours? Have it been a passion since you left out of medical school or over the years you noticed a need in it?
1: Well, I trained at Harvard at Brigham and Women's Hospital and okay. so early on I got a appreciation for women's health and then when the uterine fibroid embolization procedure got discovered in the mid 1990s I started performing it was one of the first people to do the procedure and it's been a passion of mine ever since because it completely replaces the need for surgery, most notably hysterectomy, with this outpatient simple procedure where patients go home with a Band-Aid, they get the relief of symptoms that they're looking for without any surgery whatsoever, they avoid all the risks and long recovery of an operation, and importantly, and often underappreciated by a lot of physicians, they get to keep their uterus Right, Uh, which is really important because no one really talks about what happens to women when they lose their uterus. And it can be significant changes psychologically, sexually, bone loss, urinary leaking, what have you. So the bottom line is hysterectomy, no matter what your gynecologist tells you, hysterectomy is not necessary for uterine fibroids. It's an option, but in my opinion, it should be the option of absolute last resort because we have such a great non-surgical procedure, UFE, uterine fibroid embolization, which could completely replace it. It's, it's, a, say, it's a 30 to 40 minute procedure. It's done as an outpatient. Patients That's come into warm. our center, Atlanta Fibroid Center. They leave the same day, wow. not only with their uterus, but they leave with a simple Band-Aid at the top of their right leg where we go in.
0: Wow. That's it. That is amazing because some I've known people that go through some rough times when it comes to that. I mean
1: rough. I mean and- oh, I'm sorry, if you talk about hysterectomy, just to give some numbers, hysterectomy is the second most common surgery performed in the United States, which is kind of staggering because half the population doesn't have a uterus. Right. It's the second most common surgery done. and the most common reason why we do hysterectomy, is not for cancer of the uterus, which would be appropriate. The most common reason by far are for these benign fibroid tumors. And the average age of hysterectomy is less than 40. And unfortunately, I've met way too many women under 30 that have already had hysterectomy. They didn't want it, but they weren't given any other option. Most women never hear about UFE, even though I've been doing UFE and it's available throughout the country. We've been doing it for the past 25 years. This is well-proven, safe, effective. It's not anything experimental. It's covered by all insurances, including Medicare and Medicaid. So it shouldn't be an issue, but it is because unfortunately, the gynecologists are the gatekeepers of women's health. And most gynecologists, even today, don't give the patients the option of UFE, which is tragic because there's no reason for women to unnecessarily undergo hysterectomy. These are young women, primarily right. young women of color. So in a sense, the question is, why are we amputating young black women for benign disease?
0: Yeah, that that is the question. And what do you believe it is?
1: Well, we've been doing UFE for so long, you can't say that you don't know about it. Every gynecologist knows about UFE, so you can't say it's just an ignorance problem. It boils down to the gynecologists are surgeons. Surgeons love to operate. They love the control of the patient. They don't want to have to refer out to an interventional radiologist like myself. So that's a big part of the problem. Women don't know to ask about UFE. And that's why I'm glad to be on this program and many others that we try to get the word out. So at least women know their options. Women are entitled to know all their options from their physicians, but the physicians are dropping the ball in many cases. And so we want to educate women that UFE is a tremendous option, has a high success rate, over 90%. It's outpatient, non-surgical, brief recovery of about five days or so. It's transformational because some of these women suffer horribly having crime scene-like periods. Yes. Everything they do revolves around their menstrual, whether they work or not, whether they socialize or not, whether they have relations or not. They have to know where every bathroom is. They have to carry a change of clothes sometimes with them. They just, everything they do or don't do revolves around this period. And it goes month after month after month. And so a lot of these patients bleed so much, they become anemic and they're tired, they're weak, they're fatigued. So it's physically draining on them. But it's also mentally draining on them because of this dread. Oh, no, here we go again. Another another heavy period that I've got to endure through and just kind of push through it.
0: Right. So Um, what what do you think about birth control pills? Because some some women will be on it for so many years as teenagers. And then as they get older, they want to have children or they have different complications once they want to do come off of it.
1: Well, birth control is often a first-line therapy for someone who's been diagnosed with fibroids and has heavy bleeding. That's often the first choice of therapy by the gynecologist. Okay. So they'll, they'll put a patient on a birth control, but it does lighten the flow typically. But remember what I talked about earlier, what we don't know where fibroids come from, but once they arrive, they grow with estrogen and progesterone. And what is in birth control? Estrogen and progesterone. So while it does tend to lighten flow, it's a double-edged sword because in the background, you're, this added estrogen is fueling. It's like gas on the fire. These right. fibers are gonna start to grow faster than they otherwise normally would. And now they present with significant symptoms, worsening symptoms. The bleeding is no longer handled. They have bulk symptoms, pain, urinary frequency, what have you. And now the gynecologist will say, well, You know, we tried the medical approach. It's not working. Now you need to go to surgery. And we're here to say, no, you don't have to have surgery. UFE, uterine fibroid embolization, is a tremendous option that will avoid the risks and long recovery of an operation and allow women to keep their parts and even have children. We've had numerous children born. I've had multiple sets of twins after UFE. And so the fertility after embolization is every bit as good as after surgery. And the big difference that I think from a fertility standpoint is the births that we've seen after UFE are typically full term and vaginal. But once you have a myomectomy, they won't let you have a vaginal birth. It'll be more surgery, C-section. And it's, again, a lot of unnecessary surgeries that we can avoid if people know about their options. Wow.
0: What about when it's women having having complications with their menstrual, their monthly menstrual and not have it at all, but yet they're having complications of producing to have a child.
1: Well, fibroids can interfere with any part of the fertility pathway. And so part of the fertility workup will be to evaluate, usually first with ultrasound to kind of get a a glimpse of what's going on in in the uterus and the pelvis. And then what's called a hysterosalpingogram, it's a Injection of contrast, some dye to see what the cavity of the uterus looks like. That's a prime location. That's where implantation occurs adjacent to the cavity. And whether the tubes are open or blocked or not is important because tubal infertility is the most common reason for infertility. But f- fibroids can interfere with anything along that fertility path from fertilization all the way to delivery. But fortunately, most women with fibroids that are pregnant, will have uneventful pregnancies. So while they do or can contribute, fortunately, most women will be able to have children that have fibroids.
0: Oh, wow. That's, not, that's good to know because some women believe that it would be a difficult for them to even have children with fibroids or even without it or getting rid of it after the fact. So that's a a great thing to know. So throughout this process, how do people actually get in contact with you? How do they find you? Because I know you have to have people coming from all over coming to see you.
1: We do. uh, We've uh, seen patients from actually every continent except Antarctica. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Wow. That has really uh, come down dramatically since COVID, Um, post-COVID, uh, the travel to us has been pretty much uh, regional. We try to help patients find interventional radiologists like myself closer to where they're located. But some insist on coming, you know, for our expertise. Since, you know, I have performed more UFEs supposedly than anyone in the country, so they will travel a distance to see us, wow. and that's fine. We can see patients remotely, you know, teleconsult through a HIPAA compliant service that we have so people can see us remotely both in the initial consultation and also in the follow-up so they only have to come to the atlanta fibroid center for the actual procedure
0: oh wow do you take health insurance and all that with it
1: absolutely we take everything including medicare and medicaid there are a lot of specialists that don't take medicaid but we feel a responsibility to do that and think it's important
0: Yes, that is very important. You know, a lot of women find it complicated to find a doctor that has a passion like you and actually care. And you're avoiding a lot of mental health complications that women can actually go through during this process. And you're making it like as easy and as comfortable as possible. And I personally would like to appreciate you and thank you for just doing that and having that passion because it's very rare to come across doctors like you dr lintman that actually care about a woman's health especially when it comes to african-american women because we go through a lot going to the doctor and sometimes they don't understand how our bodies operate differently
1: well i appreciate that and say it's really important we we take great pride in the work that we've done and we've helped a lot of women um, really transform their lives and get back, you know, to a healthy life. I mean, they have this one issue. And one of the things that I really didn't appreciate initially in treating these women, I understood the physical drain on their body because they're losing a lot of blood, way more blood than they can replace so that i could understand the physical anemia the weakness and fatigue but I, what i didn't understand at least at the beginning is the mental aspect of it the really the mental drain on patients that are suffering with fibroids i mean for instance we have women that will say that they might be the only woman in the workplace and so and maybe the only woman of color in the workplace and so they you know when they're dealing with these issues you know the men of the workplace don't understand why they're constantly having to leave their desk or call out of work or, you know, and they feel a great responsibility to try to push through it because, you know, if they're the only one, you know, they feel a responsibility for the net. If I'm, if I blow this opportunity, if you will, they won't hire another woman of color because, you know, yeah. so they feel this unbelievable sense of responsibility to the, to kind of just keep pushing it through. So that was something that was kind of eye opening to me that, uh, I'll have patients say, Doc, I just got to keep it moving. I-, I can't afford to be off work. I can't afford, you know, to be away. I- I've got the, you know, this responsibility not only for myself, but for the next hire, the next woman behind me. I, I can't let them down, which was amazing. And so, you know, it- it's it's a very complex issue, but some of the main points here are, you know, if you're having symptoms particularly heavy bleeding, make sure you get it checked out. Um, and if it's fibroids, make sure you know about UFE. And um, if you go to a physician and you're not being listened to, or you feel like your complaints are being ignored, or you're just not being heard, there are plenty of doctors. Find another physician. It's really important. You got to kind of be your own advocate sometimes. And yes. that's unfortunate, but I hope everyone will know that if you're suffering with fibroids, no matter what your physician says, you don't have to have surgery. That UFE is a tremendous option and completely non-surgical and keep all your parts.
0: Wow. Cause you'll share a personal experience of you helping a woman and it actually touched your heart. Like, wow, I actually saved this woman. It's
1: it's almost a daily experience in my office. I mean, it's, I derive great joy from helping women and get, giving their life back. I mean, it is such a powerful thing. There's so many hugs that we, we hug a lot in the office and it's, it really is very gratifying. I feel very privileged to be able to do this. But one particular patient that I'll never forget was someone I did quite a while back. She was in her late thirties at the time and single and she went to her gynecologist suffering with horrible fibroids and bleeding and so forth, pain. And the gynecologist said, well, you know, you need a hysterectomy. And she was like, what? Like hysterectomy, anything else? No, you need a hysterectomy. And she was kind of, she was just caught way off guard by that. And the the gynecologist was puzzled. He didn't understand why she was reluctant to have a hysterectomy. And she said, well, you know, I'm maybe I might want to have a child one day. And he like, he goes, well, you know, you're 39 and you're sing you're single. I think that ship has sailed. Uh-huh. And, and she couldn't get over how crass and wow. you know, so uncaring that was. That was so she's, cool. She's telling me this story in the office, and I was like, you know, I don't know if you'll have a child one day, but what I can tell you is, I know I can help you. I know I can improve these symptoms dramatically and kind of get your life back on your get back on your feet, and you know, kind of see what happens. I mean. And so she had the UFE procedure and did fantastic. She got her life back. And then she actually met a man. They started dating. They ended up getting married. Uh, Um, And lo and behold, they had a baby. And uh, so she sends me this, which I still have in my office, this really heartfelt letter with a a little baby picture of the miracle baby, Jalen. And she was like, so appreciative. Thank you so much. You know, I was this close to getting a hysterectomy And I'm so glad that I didn't listen to the gynecologist and I listened to you and you got, you gave me my life back. And now you gave me this miracle baby that I'm so grateful for. And then fast forward, this was about a year or so ago, you know, there was a knock at the door of my office and I had finished seeing patients for the day. And my front office staff member said, there's someone here to see you. And I said, you know, I thought we were finished seeing patients. He goes, yeah, we are. I don't know who this is she just wanted to see you. I'm like, okay. So I walk out and it's this woman and she's like, I don't know if you remember me, but many years ago you helped me out. And I, I got not only my life back, but I had a miracle baby Jalen and I'm like, Oh sure. Of course. You know, I, I still have the baby picture. And she goes, well, I want to show you something. And so we walked outside my office and out of the cars parked right in front out of the driver's side of the car. Pops Jalen. He had just graduated from high school. Oh, wow. He was driving and he, would, he came to give me his high school graduation picture. And oh, so wow. I have the two pictures side by side in my office. And so it was just a really heartfelt moment showing him his baby picture and putting it, his high school graduation picture right up next to it. It was a very powerful moment.
0: Yes. It's even powerful hearing you talk about it because I could just hear and feel your energy, the joy that it what it brings to you. And it's it's just amazing. It's just so rare. I'm like, I'm really shocked that I'm even talking to you because, you know, you just don't meet doctors like you no more. And it's just amazing how much you just saved so many women and Even you have (laughs) Jalen, yes, you know, and Jalen and many more other Jalens, you know, and that's just amazing. I appreciate you so much. You have no idea.
1: (laughs) It's uh, it's my life's work, and I'm very privileged to be able to do these things.
0: Yes. So how how can anyone get in contact with you, and just know that they're able to reach out to you no matter where they are.
1: Uh, A good place to start is our website, which is atlii.com. It stands for Atlanta Interventional Institute. That's the parent company of the Atlanta Fibroid Center. So atlii.com has a lot of information on fibroids, on the UFE procedure. We have a YouTube channel with over 150 videos on fibroids and on the UFE procedure. They can watch an entire UFE procedure being done. It's it's all on on video, and that's Atlanta Fibroid Center. So if they're on YouTube and go to Atlanta Fibroid Center, they can see that. We have an Instagram page that a lot of people like. Instagram's very visual. Yeah, It's, it's dr underscore my last name. So it's dr underscore L-I-P-M-A-N. They can do the traditional call the office at the office number. That number is 770 953 Two six zero zero seven seven zero nine five three twenty six hundred. So there's a lot of. It's very easy now to find me yeah. these, with social media, and <laughs> so there shouldn't be any issue with that. Yes, that is amazing, and
0: you you are willing to check out anyone from anywhere. They could just fly in and come see you.
1: Yeah, we can. I mean, as they say, we try to find physicians that can help them closer. But some people people want our expertise and willing to travel, or maybe they have a connection to the Atlanta area, even if they don't live here. Family members are here, or you know, and so forth. And so that certainly makes it a lot easier. But, you know, we will try to accommodate whatever their desire is.
0: Wow. So what what is the some valuable advice that you could give women? that is battling fibroids or don't have a clue that it's even existing in their body?
1: Well, we know that there are over a million women right now in the United States that are on the sidelines suffering with uterine fibroids. And the reason why they're on the sidelines is the only option they've been given is surgery, typically hysterectomy. And they don't want surgery, and I don't blame them. And they've only been given that one option, so they just suffer Unnecessarily with fibroids. And so we really want to, you know, find these women and and educate them that they don't have to have surgery. They can get their life back with this simple outpatient non-surgical procedure, UFE. And so we could end a lot of suffering if people knew about UFE. And that's why we're out there talking to anybody that'll listen to us about this tremendous procedure.
0: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Lintman. I really appreciate you with such informative information. I pray that everyone will take it in and actually come to you for any type of advice that they are going through in this current moment that may be experiencing it.
1: Well, just thanks for having me. I really appreciate your help with this. Yes, I appreciate
0: you too. I can't wait until everyone is able to listen to it. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning in to Life Her Podcast, where we help heal women all over the world. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Life Her Podcast, and check out our YouTube page as well. And make sure you subscribe. You can also look onto our website and you can purchase merchandise and listen to the podcast episodes. I am Yvette Lloyd. I am Life Her. Love yourself, ladies. Take care of yourself and others you love dearly.